Welcome everyone to The Spirit of Haggard. I am so excited to be here today with two uh, amazing guests to talk about Haggard Equine Emergency Services. I am Jody Lynch Findlay. I am a speaker and a coach. I absolutely love all things ag and equine. And so I am lucky enough to get to host the Spirit of Haggard podcast. Today, we are going to dig into not only the equine emergency services, which is a new service that Haggard is establishing, but really we're here to get to know two amazing members of the Haggard team. We have Dr. Karen Wolfstorff with us, who is a boarded theriogenologist, as well as Dr. Kathy McGillivray, who is a boarded internist. So I'm really excited and honored to be here in your presence. Both are boarded, so we'll let them give their introductions and talk just a little bit about how they got to Haggard and how long they have been here as a part of the Haggard family and what their specialties are. Dr. McGillivray, I'm going to start with you. And as you read your bio and we look at your journey from, I think, Pennsylvania and Florida, you've been at Haggard since the early 2000s uh, and your board certification. So tell us a little bit more about you. Thank you, Jody. I grew up in Vermont. And so uh, no vet school up there and kind of was slow to decide to be a veterinarian. Actually, I uh, was going to do physical therapy. And then, I don't know, my senior year in college decided that that maybe wasn't what I wanted to do. And so volunteered with a, a mixed animal vet kind of the old time stereotype did a little of everything that I really liked. And so um, I only applied to UPenn, which is really silly. It did take me a couple of times to get in, got in the second time, stayed at Penn. I really enjoyed Philadelphia, actually, and then went to Peterson and Smith for my internship and back to Penn uh, for my medicine residency. Um, and I actually thought I'd stayed in that area forever. And then somebody told me they were looking for an internist at Haggard and the rest is history, I guess Here you can you say. Are. Yeah, this is the most South I've ever lived other than during my internship. So it's a, it was an interesting initial first couple of years here. So Fantastic. I love that. And I really do think that the magic is the stories, right? So we know that our audience wants to know more about who Haggard is and your journey to get where you are today. So I appreciate that. We'll talk a little bit more about your details as we move forward. Dr. Wolfstorff, I know probably a little bit more about you because you've had to put up with me through the last 10 years or so, but tell us a little bit about your journey. You, I think Florida also, NC State was in there. You have been here, uh, I think since 1996, yep. and you were one of the first women members of the Haggard team. So there's a lot of history there. So bring us up to speed and tell us a little bit more about your journey. Well, thanks, Jody. Yeah, it's very exciting times, I have to say. And I have been here for quite a while. Uh, lots of gray hairs to prove it. Good times, bad times, and everything in between. I started in a similar spot as Kathy at University of Pennsylvania undergrad. And at that time, I always knew I wanted to be a vet, but I actually never had any equine experience at all. 
And so I decided that I needed to gain some, especially if I was going to go to University of Florida, because that's where my parents lived. And so I went down and volunteered in the large animal clinic down there. And one thing led to another. And I fell in love with horses and never looked back since then, even though I didn't come from a riding background and really had to start from scratch learning about husbandry. But Ended up at University of Florida for vet school. And during that time, I did an externship in Australia, which I loved, and then ended up doing a internship at NC State in equine field service. And I decided that in order for me to be able to do what I want to do, which is equine theriogenology, I was going to need to do a residency because when I actually went into vet school, I was focused on being a surgeon. And then that externship in Australia was in a big practice in Scone, and it opened my eyes to producing babies and working with babies. So that's how I ended up in my theriogenology residency with the hope to be in a big practice like that. And one thing led to another and did a couple of years between Australia and Haggard's. And after five breeding seasons, I decided to pick a hemisphere and have been here ever since. So Awesome. I love that. I think there are some real takeaways for our listeners. And the questions that we get asked, especially students and young folks who are interested in pursuing these careers in equine veterinary medicine, in the equine industry. You came into this, Dr. Wolfstorff, with no equine experience, right? And so I think that's really important to point out. And we get asked that question all the time. And we see students who have a passion and an interest and we want them to come to Haggard. We want them to explore our internships and externship opportunities. So I love that. And then, you know, Dr. McGillivray, also, you mentioned that you got into vet school the second time, not the first time. I think that's important to point out with our listeners as well, because we get that question often from students. There's a lot that can happen in that year, right, between internship and externship opportunities and further learning and and those things. So I appreciate you both sharing that for our listeners today, because I, again, it's the important part of the spirit of Haggard is not only what we're going to talk about as far as equine emergency services today, but really who you are and how you got here, because this really represents some true tenure to the Haggard team. I think one of the important aspects is, and I'm sure you will discuss this in the future or have, is mentorship. And one of the reasons why I'm able to do what I am today, as well as I'm sure Kathy, is that there have been a lot of people along the way who have helped me. And if I had never gone to University of Florida and worked in the clinic there and had somebody kind of take me under their wing to show me equine husbandry and to show me how to work with the foals, I probably would never be here. And so, you know, one thing just to say is like, don't give up. And just because you don't have that experience doesn't mean you can't get it. So seek it out and go do, you know, because it's all good. Wonderful. Seek it out, right? I think that's that's a great message. Absolutely. I mean, we have a lot of student externs who come through Haggard, and I can speak mostly for the hospital area, and they have a variety of experiences. And sometimes they don't choose equine, but they're super glad that they got the exposure, especially with the numbers that we have and the, you know, all the different breeds. I mean, I think we see lots of other breeds than just thoroughbreds. So um, I definitely didn't want to do equine when I started vet school. 
I wanted to be, you know, a Vermont uh, mixed animal practitioner. I wanted to know families. Um, I also worked with a Dr. Mimna who was in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and he tried to talk me out of being a vet. Like every year he was like, no, don't do it. You know, <laughs> do physical therapy. You've got, you know, but I think what drew me to horses was really that they're the athletes. Um, and so it fit with my background. I played field hockey in college. I'm very much more sports oriented than I am horse oriented. So it fit. And I agree with Karen, you know, mentorship. There's a person at Penn who was in the field service, but was boarded in medicine. And so I really sort of aligned with him and thought, no, this might be where I want to go. So you don't have to have a plan, I think is the biggest thing. Like just let things happen, see where you want to go. And there's so many more opportunities now than when Karen and I started, I think, uh, both professionally, but also within veterinary medicine in terms of where, you know, Yes, you can specialize, but you can also like work varied hours. You can do just, you know, that's what led us to the emergency service for sure. I love that. And so the analogy that you take from being an athlete, specifically a student athlete, Dr. McGillivray, and moving that to uh, really transitioning your career aspirations. So was there a defining moment there for you or a story? Yeah, I don't know if there is one defining moment. I think there's a variety of things. One was actually a field trip uh, with one of our surgeons at New Bolton Center to the standard bread uh, racetrack to do a little backside work, which was great. And it was, to me, kind of hilarious and just the camaraderie of everybody there and that they actually truly liked the horses and, you know, wanted to make sure they were well, which is a lot different than what I guess the stereotype had been growing up. And then we also had the treadmill at New Bolton Center uh, when I was I say when I was there, I just, I haven't been there in a couple of years, so I'm not sure exactly what's set up, but we used to go there and horses came in a lot for, you know, poor performance. And so there'd be a scope and they'd be running like so fast and you'd, you know, the ECG was going and then we're doing cardiac exams after. And so it was just really sort of an adrenaline thing for me and just seeing that they want to run. You know, if you go driving around the back roads of central Kentucky, I mean, Running around. Fields. They are running. Uh, <laughs> yes. Running, running, running. So, which I always makes that. me nervous now as a medicine clinician that they're going to get hurt. <laughs> Funny how those things change <laughs> along the way. I remember the time I saw a horse on a treadmill the first time in the speedometer. It's so impactful. It's really something that you'll never forget. Yeah, I love that. I now, I'm going to jump over to you, Dr. Wolfsdorf, because just because I've seen a little video in the past and there was a comparison made to your life as a ballerina. So, oh, tell goodness. us a little bit about you. <laughs> That's and how you got into <laughs> fine veterinary medicine. Well, it's actually kind of a funny story because I think my parents thought I got abducted by Martians because nobody in my family knows anything about horses. And so when I came to them one day and I said to them, I'm going to go and do equine medicine or to theogenology or reproduction. They are like, what planet and what have you done to my daughter? (laughs) So I actually really never recognized why I had this affinity to the horses until probably my 
senior year in vet school, and I went down to Ocala to do uh, an externship with one of my mentors, Dr. Broadbent, and I used to go ride with him on the weekends and stuff, and we happened to take a little bit of a lunch break and stop in at the jockey club at that time, and I walked in, and there was this humongous, like, 12-foot, maybe bigger, I don't know, picture on the wall, and it had a racehorse superimposed by a ballerina. And I'd grown up my whole life doing ballet. I'd wanted to be a professional ballet dancer. And I knew that I was never going to be like a Brishnikov or somebody that was right up there. And so that's when I decided, okay, let's go for more of a longevity thing. And I'd always loved animals. So that's how I ended up in veterinary medicine. But it wasn't until that aha moment Mm -hmm. that I saw the superimposition of the grace and the beauty and the athleticism that it finally just like clicked on me. And I was like, well, now I know why I am so drawn to these animals. And it really had a huge impact on me. And I was like, okay, this all makes sense now. Okay. And it has, it's, it's had a huge impact on you. And I think now you have a very equine oriented family oh from beginning to end. Let's pause for just a minute to hear from our friends at Bymeda, our Spirit of Haggard podcast sponsor. Bymeda might just be the largest animal health company you have never heard of until now. Bymeda Animal Health's equine products have been trusted by veterinarians and horse owners since the 1960s where our Irish roots began. Bymeda is one of the largest producers of dewormers for horses like Equimax, Bimectin, Duramectin, and Exodus. World-renowned equine athletes rely on polyglycan, a patented formula designed to replace lost or damaged synovial fluid, and Confidence Ec 1% pheromone gel that reduces and prevents equine stress, to name a few of our branded products. We encourage you to consult with your equine veterinarian before using any equine products for your horse. Also, please visit buymeetaus.com to learn more about our full product offerings and where you can buy them. For both of you, now haggard, right? So where we're going today, I mean, I could talk all day about your stories and I, I do want to do that, but I want to make sure that we bring our listeners a little bit of the emergency services content that we promised them today. So we'll jump into that, but I think it's a perfect transition because you have established yourself and this brand as really the industry leader, right? Certainly in equine veterinary medicine and Lexington, Kentucky. And so this evolution of our industry and some of the challenges that we face, quite frankly, especially over the past few years, you know, you mentioned not everyone wants to be an equine veterinarian, but really we want to encourage more of those that are interested to do just that. And so the movement towards providing emergency services, I feel is a real answer to our industry. It's an answer to your internal and external stakeholders, if you will. It's also an answer to the evolving life of today's veterinarian. So let's jump into that. And I want to ask you both why you're here today because of this specific topic. So as we set up our conversation, I want to talk specifically about the Haggard Equine Emergency Services. So let's talk about what that is. You know, as as you have both come together and brought your ideas to life, uh, what is Haggard Equine Emergency Services? 
Well, I think that we've both um, been very passionate about the idea of thinking outside of the box for the future of equine veterinary medicine. And I think we've seen that because of the students coming out, trying to promote equine veterinary medicine, trying to say, okay, anybody who wants to do this can do this. You can have a life. You can have a family, both Kathy and I both have children and we've worked through the whole process and we've accomplished what we've wanted to accomplish and still have more to accomplish, hopefully. <laughs> so I think that that's where our passion comes from in that the evolving process. And we wanted to start thinking outside the box. And she approached it more from the medicine side of things and having been in an emergency practice in the field. And I approached it more from the field side of things. And that's kind of how okay. our brains came together. Okay. So you from the field side, Dr. McGillivray, talk to us about the medicine side <laughs> and where this passion came from. Well, I think since I've been at Haggard, we have in internal medicine, we've transitioned to be an emergency service a lot of the time. And I personally enjoy that. I'd rather do that than, you know, look at dermatology and try to figure out a skin condition. And so it just was sort of a natural transition. And I had been working on how to formalize it at the hospital and then Karen's right. I mean, the big deal for us is like, where can we help to encourage people to see how it's possible to be an equine veterinarian? And given that most of the students are women, like how can you do that and still have whatever life you have decided, whether it's children or not children, just having time to do things with your, you know, significant other. And so I think at first, Karen and I were both working on it separately, sort of, and didn't even know we were both working on it. And we had talked to a common person at Haggard, and they're like, have you talked to Karen or have you talked to Kathy? And so even though we're very close friends and yep. sort of like mind in terms of trying to be forward thinkers, it took us a minute to sort of realize we're both working <laughs> on the same project. And once we got together, I think it just went really pretty quickly, actually, kind of steamrolled it through. And, you know, people are ready for this. Yes. And I think even though I have been talking about it for a while, clients are now ready for it as, you know, there's a lot of information out there on social media, like through the AAP, lots of practices are putting it on their websites and or sending letters out that like, we just can't manage, you know, our emergency service after hours work and keep the people we want to be here in this practice. And so we're not alone, but I do think we have like a really strong team here in support. So we're excited to get it going. Building yeah. Bridges. Yeah. yeah. And you're uniquely positioned, right? So I think that that really speaks to the questions that we always like to answer. We talk about a new service or a service that we want to make sure your listeners know about Haggard. We cover the who, the what, the where, the when, and the why. So that's really the why, right? So I think my next question there to take it just a little bit further is who? Who is this service for? And, you know, being able to kind of clarify that for our listeners. So talk to me about what, what does that look like for you? In terms of the Haggard Equine Emergency Service, it's already being done by our field care clinicians, but we wanted to formalize it and make it its own entity that to continue to do what we already do, which is providing really high quality after hours and weekend emergency care 
uh, out in the field, both for Haggard clients and for other, you know, we see a lot of um, other horses that are at the horse park or other owners who need us to come, you know, take a look at their horse after the typical nine to five, which is really not typical nine to five in in the horse industry. But it's also going to encompass urgent care as our plan so that it can have designated people to go out and do continued treatments that are started during the week by their farm veterinarians. And so it's something that's more easily scheduled, both for the practice and for the clients. Yeah. And I can set that up some, I think, because I, when we really think about the effect on the industry and the importance of this service, it is critical today, right? And so it is critical for clients. It's critical for your own veterinarians. So give us the real life impact of what Haggard Equine Emergency Services looks like. Dr. Wolfstorff? So the goal of the emergency service has basically been twofold. First one is to provide the best care at a quick response time for our clients and for horses in Central Kentucky. And we've always been doing this because we want to be able to provide a good 24-hour service so that if anything happens, we are there. It's going to be in combination with their regular veterinarians. Mm -hmm. And so you have the benefit of your regular veterinarian on a daily basis. You may come out to the farm. You have this emergency service that will be an adjunct to it, but because it's all within Haggard's, you're going to have this close communication between the service and between your primary vet. So there is a complete continuation of the process with the right arm, knowing what the left arm is doing. So that's kind of the first thing. The second thing that it does is it provides our doctors with a little extra personal time. So Mm -hmm. by making the service completely separate, we're able to allow our regular daytime doctors, if you want to call them that, or field care doctors, to be able to work their regular hours Mm -hmm. during the day, but not have to necessarily be on call like they would be at this point in time. So we provide a service for our clients equally as well and as prompt and as good, while we also allow our veterinarians a little bit of a break. And let's face it, that's where pet care is getting our top talent from, right? So if we have an equine veterinarian who is feeling that she or he cannot really commit to the time demands of equine veterinary medicine that would include the day job as well as those uh, emergency calls after hours, then pet care, you know, the companion animal veterinary medicine looks a little bit more appealing. So I I love that side of it as well. So uh, I appreciate that explanation. I think that it also adds another avenue that we haven't even really talked about, and that's for the veterinarian who only wants to do emergency work or only wants to work, you know, at night or on the weekend so that they can do other stuff during the week. And, you know, because in a nighttime, how many calls are you really going to get? So are you going to be up all night? Are you not? It's going to still allow you to potentially do stuff during the day. So it actually gives you even a third aspect as to why it's exciting for those people who just want to do this emergency care work, uh, another option. Oh, good. I love that. And I appreciate that as well, because there are some of those folks that would 
love to do that and, and find that very appealing to work emergency services. Me, on the other hand, I love to sleep between the hours of 10 and 5. So I don't really want to be on call when it's dark outside. Um, but so each of you have spent your time on emergencies. So give us an example in your own life of where the Haggard Emergency Services is going to impact one of the examples that you've had being on call in the past and and how this is going to just kind of change what that looks like in the day of today's veterinarian. I think for the veterinarian, which is a big part of why we set out to set up this service. Yes, it is a client-based service and that is the purpose of it, but it's also to really make sure that we can attract really good veterinarians who want to do this kind of work and see horses and not think they have to work 24 hours a day, seven days a week, the whole time. And we haven't set a great example in the past. I'll be candid. Like part of the reason why we're here is because of how we made that decision to be always available. Like you feel like you need to be for clients and you want to be honestly, but as the years go by, it definitely impacts life. I think the biggest part of this is having people that are ready and energetic to go out on emergencies. And right now, a lot of that is already being done and it is being done by some of our younger associates or new grads. And the one thing that we see commonly are colics. So, you know, at the retired racehorse competition, one of our field associates got called out to look at a a horse that had come in from New York that was colicky and he was kind of mildly colicky, but persistent. Um, and so she did a great job in terms of doing a physical ultrasound rectal. And when he didn't respond, you know, ended up referring him into the hospital and had good communication with both the hospital staff on referral, but also with me and with the client. So the client was super happy, thought this person was amazing. And probably if you ask our associate, she's like, well, I just did what I would always do. He didn't get to compete. But honestly, the owner was texting me that she got back to New York. She's super happy. I think we build relationships based on how well we take care of emergencies. And it's key at the hospital. But it's, I think what Karen spoke about in terms of out in the field, it's also key. We are, they already have a lot of those relationships. I mean, that's why they call us. Karen's clients know to call her when they have an emergency. They also know and trust because of how she's allowed them to gain trust in other veterinarians, that if she calls somebody else out there, that they're going to take good care of her clients' horses. And I think Karen hit it on the head in terms of, I think we have a good community. There's always communication is a big part of being a veterinarian. You know, you think it's about the animals, it's really about the people and how you communicate. And so I think this service will hopefully streamline some of that and make it so that it's more predictable for, you know, there's going to be some growing pains. I think we definitely need to let clients know, like, this is what we're going to be doing. And these are the individuals that you're, that may or may not be new that you're going to be seeing after hours. We're still going to be a lot of the field emergency care will be provided by our ambulatory veterinarians that we have here now. I think we're learning how to be flexible. I think that's the the key is it is very fluid and flexible in that the way that it's structured at the moment is that we will have two primary people 
solely in the emergency service. And then our field veterinarians will rotate around through with them so that there is a core group of people providing the service. And they will, obviously, the ones that are already here know our clients. And the the people who are joining us will get to know our clients so that our clients will have a continuation of care with the people that they know. And I think part of the process for this to work is that our daytime or field care service work closely with our emergency service and that our clients recognize that if we entrust our patients to the emergency service, we want what's in their best interest. And so they should therefore trust the people that we trust too. And I think, again, like Kathy said, that's where the whole personal side of thing is and the communication. Mm-hmm. We build these bonds with our clients as well as with the horses because we're with them with so much time during the day and during the year that if we trust these people, we hope they'll trust these people because we all want what's best. And that's what's best for the horse to take care of them. Absolutely. I think that just really speaks to your passion for standard of care, the standard of excellence that you have established at Haggard and what is this brand that is exactly what's being represented by establishing an emergency services that you are structuring. And I love that you mentioned that it's flexible. It will become what Haggard needs it to become on behalf of clients, customers, and your own veterinarians here. So, and you've somewhat answered this, but I think we also have to recognize this is a huge step for this practice. There are a lot of moving parts and a lot of people involved in decisions like this, and it's an investment to do anything new or different. Let's take a quick break to recognize our Spirit of Haggard podcast sponsor, Bimeda. Bimeda might be the biggest animal health company you've never heard of until now. Bimeda's products have been trusted by veterinarians and owners since the 1960s when our Irish roots began. Bimeda is one of the largest producers of dewormers like Equimax, Bimectin, and Exodus. World-renowned equine athletes also rely on polyglycan, a patented formula that replaces lost or damaged synovial fluid in Confidence X pheromone gel, which reduces and prevents equine stress. Consult your vet and visit buymediaus.com to see where to buy. So we've talked around the challenge, right, that maybe gave the opportunity for emergency services. One of the things that I think about is that our current retention rate for equine veterinary medicine is five years, and that we know that we have veterinary students who have spent a tremendous amount of time and money and what I call blood, sweat, and tears into their education. And then they come and they are here for three to five years in equine vet med. And then they either leave the profession altogether, veterinary medicine altogether, or they move from equine to companion animal. So I think really what you're saying is that this service is a solution. So talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. Um, I think that's well said, Jody. We wanted to figure out a way to solve the problem of losing these veterinarians who had decided to to go and practice in equine medicine. Um, And one way, and I am not a big fan of the whole work-life balance because there's never really a balance. One day I do a lot and I'm maybe 
the best mom I can be and maybe my work suffers a little bit and vice versa, but we just have to find something that works long-term. And so this service is one way, not the only way, but it's a big step in terms of showing new grads from veterinary school that they can actually do this for longer than a few years. And two is the compensation. And that's a harder part to, to address, but we're working on it. And I think this service allows us to do both. When the plumber came to my house the other day, he couldn't fix the problem, but it was still a couple hundred dollars just to have him come on an emergency. I think we have undervalued our work in the emergency field. And uh, part of it is it's hard. Once you have relationships with, with clients and farms, people have felt badly that they're charging for being bothered after hours. And I think Karen can talk about that more, but you are providing like exceptional care during the middle of the night when it's needed. And so we all like to do that. So it's just a matter of being, not having the rest of our life suffer because of it. And yes, Karen and I have plowed through and raised kids and, we know that this isn't something that we want everybody to do. And it's not as sustainable, obviously, with generational differences. And because this veterinary practice, as you know, has become very, what are they called, Gen- genderified, or um, it's mostly women, you know, yes. 80 to 90%, if not 90% women. And so as much as in the past, I'd always be like, it doesn't have to be different just because I'm a woman. It is different because I'm a woman. It's different because I'm a mother. It's different, but that's okay. Like now we just need to address those differences and try to figure out a way to, to make it work. And I think we are getting there. We are definitely getting there. I think Haggard's ready to, to, to be there for sure. The behind the scenes, like figuring out all like how things work we'll get that done. We have a huge team here and a lot of different experiences. So, you know, I think that's what's good about Karen and I both working on it as opposed to one of us is, yes, I did some of it by myself in Pennsylvania, but it was like me going to one place and me going to another place. Like Karen knows how they can have people in different areas, how we can make sure to, you know, back up another person. So obviously we're already still taking care of everybody's emergencies, but we just, you know, we want clients to be aware of that we are going to have a designated group and that it's going to be okay. We want our veterinarians, our field associates to feel like it's okay to not be on call every hour of every day. And that's what they've been doing, not just at this practice, at every practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is a, it's a change and it's, it's harder for some than it is for others, but I think everybody's been in support. I mean, it's, a game changer is what one of our young associates yes. said about staying here is if this can work, I'm going to stay. I didn't see that I could without it. I guess that's an impact statement right yeah. there. That game changer from a younger associate says that's a game changer on me staying. That What an impact statement. Like when I came here, basically there were three female veterinarians in this practice and now probably close to the majority are female and the transition from never being allowed in a breeding shed to where we are now to most of the veterinarians in the breeding shed are female. And so it's, you know, 
progress has definitely occurred over the years. And Mm -hmm. it's great that that has happened. And we put one step in front of the other. Sometimes it takes more time than others and a little bit more frustration than others. But I am really excited, as is Kathy, that this emergency service, I think all the higher powers to be and our leadership has recognized the importance of the future of the equine veterinarian and making steps towards that so that we can grow as a practice. And so that's why we're all excited about it, because it is part of that evolution. I think it's imperative, I guess, would be the word that I would use. If we don't do something to change, we won't be able to keep practicing. It's just that it's really gotten that. It sounds grim, and I don't want it to sound grim, but we are losing veterinarians from equine practice. Um, That's been, you know, widely uh, discussed and continues to be discussed. And I think that it's not for lack of people wanting to be equine veterinarians. It's for lack of people thinking they can be long-term. And so this is, I don't know, I think Karen and I both, yes, pioneers have done things in, you know, within our specialty areas, but both of us want to pave a way for people to be able to do this long-term and make a change that is significant. And this is significant. Like if we can improve the work-life balance, we will improve the morale and retention of veterinarians within our practice. You know, if we're just wanting to be a little bit self-centered or self, you know, making sure that we take care of our practice. But I also think we want to provide this platform for other practices to be able to do it or, you know, cooperation within practices. And I do think there are people out there, which nobody believed this before, that do like to work those weird hours, or they do like to work those weird hours for a few years. Like this doesn't have to be forever, but it can be. Or you can do those hours for a few days, a week. So it can really be, I think the hardest part of this wasn't really the service itself. It was saying we would be flexible because flexible makes things more challenging. You know, if you have four people covering the two positions that we envision to start, there's more moving parts, right? Um, The practice itself has been very strong in support financially. So, you know, we're moving forward with, I think you have to pay people more to work hours that others don't want to work. And they heard that we're going to provide a vehicle, you know, that's got all the equipment they need. That's a big expense for a lot of young veterinarians. And I'm not saying only the younger, newer graduates want to do this, but I think it is an expense, you know, or, you know, somebody who may have done equine practice and then left because they couldn't do, you know, they did not want to. It's not that somebody can't, but maybe didn't want to do um, all the hours hours Mm -hmm. that wants to get back into it. This is a great way. And I think it's exciting. And I, I think it's, it's slowly building momentum. And so we're hopeful that we'll be able to, you know, get some more recognition. Yeah. Anybody who wants to come do this, please let us know. And, and I think <laughs> there'll be more, like, like Kathy said, there'll be more practices to follow because it's going to be the wave of the future. It's undeniable, I think. There's so many people 
retiring. Like there is definitely, I, I don't know, I just got two emails in the last week of some of my mentors retiring from UPenn, like four or five of them at one time, as well as from Peterson and Smith, you know, mm-hmm. four or five. And so we just don't, we need to definitely, there's so many people. Our student internship program that we have in medicine, we have like 20 or 30 people, young people a year, and they all want to be equine vets. They may not all be able to just, you know, based on life and academics and things like that. But I'm telling you, it's not for lack of interest. It really is from lack of being encouraged and allowed to be able to practice in a way that's different than the past. And so we need to show that example. And I, I think for us, like who better than Haggard? I mean, I never thought I'd work at a huge practice like this. I always thought I'd be the small town person, but I love it. I love having specialists of all kinds of different. There's always a phone a friend. Yeah, <laughs> phone a friend. Yes. No matter what, no matter what time, no matter where you are, no matter what country you're in, there's always phone a friend. And I mean, like Kathy said, you build relationships with these people. And I have ex-interns or People, fellows that have gone on to do residencies that I get emails from or texts or messages from still saying, hey, can I run a case by you? Or, hey, what do you think about this? And you know, the door is always open and we're always available to help whoever needs to. And I think that's the benefit of being in a large practice with so many resources is that we function as a group to help each other. Yeah. I'm also going to mentor. And I think both our clients and veterinarians in the emergency service need to know that, that they're not out there all by themselves. Like there's always going to be support hospital-based and field-based for them, um, which should give confidence to our clients that we're not going to just throw somebody somebody out there who doesn't know what they're doing, but also you can't, even now, like you, I don't always know what my patient has, the minute I look at them, I think what's great is, and I've seen it with a lot of our veterinarians in our field service, is when they go out and see the emergency, they try to come in. And this being, having a set group that's working on emergencies may even facilitate a little bit more of that. So there's a lot of follow through, which increases learning, you know, allows for some mentorship. You know, I have people that'll say, well, if I see this again, what would you suggest? Should I do something different? And, you know, we're always learning. We're always evolving, as Karen has said. So. Yeah, the more, I, the more I know, the less I feel I know. I yes. So. That, I think there's so much goodness here in what you've shared. There's so many takeaway messages for our listeners. We talk about communication. We talk about relationships. And, you know, we can talk about this particular service among the many services and opportunities that we've discussed as part of Haggard and that we will discuss But what it really comes down to is, you know, responding to the interest that folks have to come to veterinary medicine, equine Equine. veterinary medicine, Haggard, Lexington, Kentucky, all of those things and giving them the confidence that if you come here and participate in our programs and our opportunities, that we really truly will 
teach you. We will mentor. We want to attract and retain top talent and really be a resource for the entire industry. And so, as well as think outside the box. Like we're yes. always open to new suggestions and opportunities because that's, that's where we need to go. So. Yeah. yeah. Dr. McGillivray, you mentioned that you feel like it's kind of slow going, but at the same time, I think you'll be able to look back and say it all happened at the right time on the right schedule with the right resources, with the right people. And so, you know, there is no denying that we are moving so rapidly as an industry and certainly as an equine segment of veterinary medicine. And so I think, you know, to your point, we can talk about the people, we can talk about the fact that our baby boomers, I think the last statistic I read was they're retiring at a rate of approximately 10,000 per day. And we are within two or three years of the millennial generation being 75% of our workforce. And so their expectations and their demands are different. And you mentioned the word I love to hate or the statement I love to hate of work-life balance. And really it's life and it is work, but this is a career. This is a passion and people don't pursue it that aren't in love with passionate about the care of the horse, the care of the horse. That's it. Couldn't be said better. Passionate about the care of the horse. And so for our listeners, if you are passionate about the care of the horse, these are opportunities that you want to be involved in. And we, you know, want you to feel heard and supported. And the fact that there are are opportunities that you can participate in and certainly some tremendous people to look up to. So anything that you want to add as we wrap up today's episode, anything to add on your story individually, your, uh, your spirit of Haggard personally, anything from you, Dr. Wolfsdorf? Well, I think the equine industry and especially reproduction, uh, what I found is a very small community when it comes down to it. And everybody knows everybody else. And it is actually really, really fun, really fun. I'm I'm sure you can attest to when you go to some of our conferences in that the conferences we go to are not only to learn and to get continuing education, but to build relationships and friendships. And some of my best friends are those within equine veterinary medicine and in theriogenology. And you laugh and you have fun and you talk about, you know, new things. So I think personal relationships go a very, very long way with regards to the next generation thinking outside the box Mm -hmm. and coming up with new ideas. Some of the clinical research that we do is because of conversations or over a drink or or on the dance floor, you know, which we've done many a time. So, you know, yes, it's all about the horse, but it's about the future of equine veterinary medicine and the horse too. Yes. And the people. I love that. This gets me so excited. This gets me so excited. Okay. So you know, Kathy, it's up to you. That's right. That's a hard act to follow right yeah. there. <laughs> I mean, I think the Haggerty Equine Emergency Service is really just the start. I think we'll have lots more ideas and ways where people can work in the field and, you know, maybe have flexible hours. I think you are right, Jody. It is the right time now. It wasn't right 10 years ago. I wish it had been, but now it is. And so now we're going to move forward and we're going to, you know, it's going to be, I think it's going to be amazing. I think that it is going to build our workforce. I hope, you know, the 
encourage people to stay in equine practice longer and encourage more to get into equine practice. And I think we just need to get out and, and talk about a little, a little bit more. I think, unfortunately, as I said before, this is based on, you know, historical and, you know, the people going into vet school saw what we were doing and said, nah, I don't think that looks very interesting for the long term. Interestingly, though, all these young undergraduate students that come in and work as technicians, and then this summer we had actually vet students who came in and worked in medicine. Um, and in theory, actually. And in theory. It was amazing. And they were just, they loved it. And like, I, like we met some really great people and they enjoyed it. And I think more than they thought, and they did it. I think some of them like Karen did just to get some more equine experience. It wasn't maybe what they were thinking about doing. And I think we have some converts for sure, which is exciting. And I think, you know, as you know, equine people are pretty fun group to be around. Um, Yes. The most fun for sure. And I think, you know, just to continue is Rome is, was not built in a day. My father always used to say yes. that. And I'm unfortunately, I can't believe I start saying those <laughs> words too, but the key is progress. And I think this emergency service is one step forward and uh, it's a very exciting endeavor. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. So I, I love that. I know that our listeners have learned a lot today and I want to thank both of you, Dr. Wolfsdorf. Always a pleasure. I love spending time with you and I always learn something. And Dr. McGillivray, you have finally had to put up with me for more than just a few minutes. So I apologize for that. But thank you for being you. here. Again, I, I just can't tell you how much I'm honored to be with both of you and how much I respect who you are and what you do for equine veterinary medicine and for women in equine veterinary medicine and and in this space. And whether or not we choose an industry career or veterinary medicine itself, this is really special. So I know that our listeners see that and hear that. And we appreciate you sharing your spirit of Haggard today for everyone. Again, my name is Jody Lynch Finley, and we will wrap up with a cheers to the spirit of Haggard and... Cheers. Cheers. To the spirit of Haggard. To the spirit of Haggard. Thanks, Jody. Thank you, Jody. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Spirit of Haggard podcast today, sponsored by Bimeda. I'm your host, Jody Lynch Findlay, speaker and podcaster. You can connect with me at jodyspeakslife.com.